Hey, hey, Laker fans. Thanks for listening once again to the podcast. I hope everybody's okay out there. I hope nobody's uh, gone crazy and uh, tried jumping off any buildings. That was a tough, heartbreaking loss in game two against Oklahoma City. Man, that was, uh, that was, that was tough to deal with. Hope everybody's okay. Um, it was a tough loss, but there were encouraging things. I saw a lot of encouraging things, and I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling good, okay? First of all, let me say, I'm going to give a little, a little background to why. You say, how can you be feeling so good? And I didn't actually, I didn't get a chance to watch the game as it was happening. So I didn't, I wasn't able to check in until after the game was over. So I couldn't, I usually, when that happens, I try to go back and not, read anything or not have any social media or anything so I can just watch the game and experience it as it happened but things are so are so tight right now and so stressful I couldn't I couldn't do it so I checked in and I I found out what the result of the game was before I saw the game so I got the the disappointment and the heartbreak right away and then I went back and actually watched the game so I, I think that actually really made a difference in how I saw the game, how I saw it was happening, because I can I can see how watching the game in real time, or or at least watching the game without knowing what the result was, you you would get so much more invested because there's the hope that you're gonna win. But watching the game knowing that we didn't win, and then thinking, well, let's see what if we can take anything good out of the game it i had a completely different experience watching this game which which was interesting and i think useful um especially for for this for the podcast um which is why i'm feeling probably better right now than i would have if i would have experienced the game like everybody else did um so it's all good it's all good it yes it sucks <laughs> it that we lost and in the fashion that we lost we gave it away right at the right at the end of the game we had that game in control had it in in the palm of our hands and we we let it go and it's tough I mean mentally that's a tough thing to get over with to get over as a team um but I think I think this is one of the ways and I don't think it's going to be the first time that the experience or the other side of that coin is the fact that the team's old, but the experience that we have is going to serve us. I think it's going to serve us well in the very near future. Okay, so some nice adjustments, I thought, in this game. The defense was much improved. I mean, especially the, the pick-and-roll defense and the defense specifically on Westbrook and Durant. I think I think we did a really, really good job on those guys. They had a lot of trouble all night long. Couldn't couldn't really find their shot for most of the game and kept the numbers down, which which was great, which is exactly what we wanted to do. And even more of an accomplishment, I think, because of the fact that we did it in their house. I think I think that was that was great. The effort was was really good. Everybody played better. I thought both bigs continue they did really well. Um, I thought Powell really showed up. Andrew did pretty well. He had a, he had a nice game. 
um you know he's he's still too complacent and for me for my for my taste but that's uh, i'll maybe get into that later the whole bynum mindset um but I, I thought they did a good job. We we again we control the boards. I mean, usually we used to say if we can control the boards, uh, we'll win the game. That hasn't always been the case, um, especially lately with Oklahoma City. But it definitely helps, and we continue to do that, which was great. Um, what I really one thing I really liked watching the game was I was watching uh, Perkins and Abaka taking jump shots which I love because most of the time they bricked them. Uh, getting those guys out of the paint and forcing them to be jump shooters is the key to success as far as controlling the paint. Um, even though Abaka was a beast with block shots in this game, my gosh, I'm going to start calling him Ablaka because he's the blocking master of disaster. He's trying to be what, uh, trying to emulate... Andrew from Game 1 against Denver. Man, that seems like so long ago, doesn't it? That Game 1 and 2 of the Denver series, and we were so high and thinking that, man, the sky's the limit. We're going all the way. We're going to run through this thing. The team's playing great. Just, that seems like five years ago, doesn't it? Man. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, this was this was cool. I, th- I thought was cool that we had a uh, Troy Murphy sighting and a Josh McRoberts sighting, even though it was a little bit of, uh, I, I wouldn't call it garbage time, but it was at the very end of the second quarter, I believe. And the guys came in and got to play a little bit. I, I, I still wish they would utilize them, them more, especially, well, I was going to say especially Troy Murphy because he's really, with the whole reason we brought him here, what he's here for is to be... A shooter to be a sharpshooter. I mean, the guy, and when he, he's a, he's a streaky shooter, when he gets hot, he's really good. But when he's not hot, you know, he's not. But shooters need to shoot, you know. And he's he's the exactly the kind of guy that could just we get him out there, and when we're on the offensive end, just perch him, just sit out on the three point line, and then when everybody comes in and doubles doubles Andrew or collapses into the paint, you just shoot it out him let him just stand there take rhythm and and take a shot man i i think it would really be effective for us because we cannot for the life of us make a three <laughs> i mean we we can and uh steve blake again i know he's getting a lot of a lot of crap for uh, missing the shot at the end of the game but he had a pretty good game he made some uh, some real solid threes for us i mean he he had a great job we got to remember that he had a really great game in game 7 against Denver and if wouldn't if it wasn't for Steve Blake we might not even be talking right now about anything re- remotely regarding uh, playing Oklahoma City if it wasn't for Steve Blake so we need to chill a little bit on the Steve Blake uh you know vitriol per se even though i think he there's no way he should be guarding Derek Fisher cuz Derek Fisher just loves putting him in his place. Um, but that's another thing. And also Josh McRoberts. I think he's, I've always said he's a bruiser. He's a, I love the way he plays. He comes out with attitude, which is what we need. We've been screaming like for weeks now, all game after game, the team needs, they need more passion. They need more energy, you know? And, and a guy like Josh McRoberts always brings that. Always. Every single time he is on the floor, he brings energy and passion. And he doesn't care who he's bruising with. He, he doesn't back down to anybody. I love that. Um, but he's not in the rotation. So 
there you go. Now, I think we, we really found a winning uh, formula for this game. You know, we made, we, we, they were saying after game one, you know, we're going to make our adjustments. We're going we're gonna to come out with a different plan. We're going to make our adjustments, and it's going to improve. And that's exactly what we did, and it worked. We controlled the game for 46 minutes, <laughs> you know. Too bad uh, the game is 48 minutes. But it, it was working. You know, it was really, really working. It, it, if it wasn't for some stupid mental lapses towards the end of the game, uh, you know, we'd be coming back to L.A. one one and one. But, you know, forget the bat. Forget about that because we're not coming back one and one. We're coming back down 0-2. And that's just the way it is. It's what we got to do. Okay? So what do we have to do specifically now? Well, we have to do exactly what we did in game two. Because, I mean, I mean, one good thing, not that it's really a good thing about getting a loss, but one good thing is that if we would have won the game, Oklahoma City would really be focusing on, man, we now we have to make adjustments. We have to adjust to the Lakers' adjustments, and they'll be counter countering us. Now, they still may be doing that, but they're a lot less apt to be thinking about that because now they're thinking, man, we just didn't give up, and our team really hung in there, and our guys didn't give up the fight, and they gutted out a win, and and so, cool, it's all right. We, we pretty much got beat the whole game, but we gutted it out at the end, so everything's okay, as opposed to, man, we got we to gotta change what we're doing uh, because they're beating us up in there. So... Maybe that'll uh, maybe that'll happen. We need to take care of the ball better, okay? Everybody needs to take care of the ball better. The turnovers are ridiculous, okay? And this is one of the, one thing that it starts it starts at the top. It starts with Kobe. Kobe needs to take care of the ball much better. He's getting real too care real too careless. That's my uh, that's my degree talking right there. He's getting much too careless with the ball, and. It's trickling down. Obviously, the whole the whole team is getting careless with the ball. It's got to start with Kobe. Kobe has to set the example of how to take care of the ball and cut his own turnovers, and then everybody else needs to follow suit. Okay, because it's getting ridiculous and it's costing us every single game. The last two games, the turnovers have killed us, and it killed us again. I mean, it used to, we used to be the point where where if we could get our turnovers around 12 a game, we'd be pretty good. We'd usually win. But we're, now we're averaging like 17, something like that, turnovers a game. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's just, it's ridiculous. And I, and I knew that um, Oklahoma City's turnovers weren't going to stay at four, the ridiculous number that it was in game one. So things kind of fell back to earth as... Uh, we knew, we knew they would. We need to continue to be physical, okay? Especially, we, we really did a good job, I think, of, of ramping that up and really coming to play with the physicality. And I know uh, Mike Brown kept getting um, quoted on the sideline as saying, the most physical team wins the game. Now, that turned out to not really be true because I think we were the most physical team and we didn't win the game, but that's our own fault. It's still It's still true. We need to be more physical than them, and especially when when we come home, we got to really ramp it up because the physical team is the team that gets the calls. See, the misnomer, and I think the misconception is around the league is that 
the home team always gets the calls. You know, the refs kind of go with the home team. And, and that's completely wrong, I believe. It's the, the, the team that works the hardest is the team that gets the calls. You get the benefit of the doubt if you're trying. And that's just human nature. Okay, but what usually happens is the home team is the team that's working the hardest. Because you're in front of your home from home fans, you work harder. That's why you get the calls at home. It's not that the refs are thinking, okay, well, it's the home team. Let's let's kind of go with the home team on this one with the calls. No, the, the refs could care less who the home team is. They're trying to get it right. But the team that's working harder and putting out more energy and effort is going to get the benefit of the doubt. That's just human nature, and that's the way it is. So that's what we got to do. And we also we need to make sure we keep on playing to our strengths, okay? We're, we need to not try to out-thunder the thunder, okay? We're not going to outrun them. It's just not going to happen. You know, we're not going to get younger all of a sudden and just beat them up and down the floor. It's not going to happen. We need to slow the game down, which, which we did for 46 minutes. We need to slow the game down and take control of the pace of the game. And the only way we can do that is if we control the boards, okay? If we control the boards, we can limit the fast breaks, and we can really control the pace of the game. That's what we need to do. That's what we really started started doing. It wasn't consistent through the whole game, but we really did a much better job in game two. And I think we can do an even better job when we come home in, in game three. Now, here's another thing. It sounds simple it sounds obvious but it's something that still needs to happen shooters need to make your shots okay it's it it just looks there's such a difference if you watch the jump shooting in the two teams you know most of the time when the thunder they get an open look they go in but when we get open looks it's like <laughs> It's like the only time we can actually feel confident about a shot going in is when it's in the paint and when it's dunked, you know. But we we have the shooters have to make shots, and I I don't think it's that we're a a bad shooting team, even though we look like it and our our three percentage is like the worst in the league. It's it's a confidence thing, you know, because these guys are NBA players. I mean, these are NBA players. These are the best players in the world. Okay, they can make a jump shot. Okay, the reason if they start missing jump shots is because it's mental. It's all mental. They get in their head, they start doubting. Maybe they're watching too much Sports Center, they're watching too much sports, listening to too much talk radio and sports talk radio, and people saying, oh, Steve Blake sucks and he can't shoot and, and uh, Matt Barnes can't shoot. Those guys need to forget that, get it out of their head, get into the gym and shoot. Okay, it's all mental. It's confidence. They don't have the confidence, okay? And the reason they don't have the confidence is because they're not making the shots in, in the game. And they're not making the shots in the game because they don't have the confidence. It's catch-22. That's why you need to get in the gym and just shoot. And you shoot until you make them, and you make them, and then you make them again. That repetitive nature, the repetitive action of making the shot, of seeing the ball go in the basket over and over and over again is what's going to get you the confidence to do it when it counts in the game because the pressure of the game, the pressure especially at the end of the game, right, Steve Blake, it's real. It's real and it's palpable. And the only reason that like guys like Kevin Durant, guys like Kobe, 
they don't have that doubt in their head is because they've done it so many times over and over and over again. So they can be in that moment and take that shot without any tinge of self-doubt. I don't think Steve Blake is there yet. I don't think Matt Barnes is there yet. And it's just because they haven't done it. You know, maybe you haven't been in the league long enough. Maybe you don't have that innate self-confidence that Kobe has. Well, you need to get it. And the way that you get it is to do the work. You got to get in there. I I want to hear, I want to hear that Matt Barnes and Steve Blake and Meta World Peace were stayed after practice shooting outside threes for an hour. You know, that's what that's what I want to hear about because that means that they're taking it seriously. They're knowing they know that they need to get better because if we if we don't even have to be great. We don't have to be a great shooting team or a great three-point shooting team. If we could just be a decent three-point shooting team, we would not be we wouldn't lose. <laughs> we wouldn't lose if you can combine the power in the paint and Kobe Bryant with even just a decent outside shot forget it because i mean the thunder at best they're a jump shooting team at best you know the only reason they were getting points in the paint in game 1 is because they would they would stop set up a shot our bigs would come out to help and they would just shoot it right inside they would just move the ball so quickly inside and then they'd get a layup or a dunk you know it's it's the defensive um adjustments that we made in game two that didn't allow them to do that so now they had to just take the shots from the outside and that little bit of pressure some they stopped going in see and jump shooting is a streaky thing and if you can disrupt that rhythm and disrupt that confidence then things start going downhill real quick and that's what we need to take advantage of that's what we need to really really do don't try to be the thunder be the lakers do what you do well, and don't try to do what you don't do well, okay? Control the boards, slow the game down, pound it inside, and then if things get weird, let the mamba out. That's what we got to do, you know? We, we need to find a way to turn their strengths, the Thunder's strengths, into weaknesses, okay? What's their strength? They're young. Right? They're a young team. They're energetic. They they like to bully and intimidate their opponents. Okay. I, I talked before a few podcasts back about how um the Thunder have this thing where they they do this intimidation thing with other teams. Usually after the play, you know, like they do well, first of all, they do a whole lot of pushing and shoving underneath inside grabbing grabbing jerseys pushing and all this all that kind of stuff and then like after after the play they'll like stand go and stand in your space so you when you're getting up you have to like walk around them or like walk through them or whatever they haven't really been doing that that much to uh to the lakers which is interesting to me it's very interesting because i would watch them do it to every other team through the regular season the, the the first round of the playoffs they did it but i'm not seeing it anymore which makes makes me ponder makes me wonder that maybe they have a little bit of a different mindset with about the lakers 
I'm not saying that they respect us because I don't I don't think that's it, but I think it's just it's just different. They're not trying to do their normal thing. But what ha- what needs to happen is the bully needs to get bullied, okay? Cuz what's the best thing to do if a bully is is picking on a little kid and he's picking on him and picking on him, the one thing sooner or later that kid needs to just come up and punch him in the face. And then all of a sudden the bully stops bullying him anymore. You know, and that's just what the Lakers need to do. They need to come in, let him into our house, and punch him in the face. No run our test. I don't mean really punch them in the face. Okay? Don't get crazy. But that's what needs to happen. You know, we need to really, really come in and out, out physical, out, out physical them. Hmm, interesting. Physical is not really a verb, but I just use it that way, so there it is. We need to bully, out bully the bullies. Is what we need to do because what what what's going to happen? All right, let's think about this. If you take a kid and you tell him, you keep telling him over and over and over again, you're the best. You are the best. You deserve this. This is yours. Nobody else is as good as you. You're the man. You are the best, best, best. He's going to believe you, you know. And then if you take something from him that he feels is his, or you embarrass him. He's not going to take it very well, okay? And that's exactly what needs to happen and what I believe will happen if we really come in and bully the bully and take over with physicality and tough, tough play and their jump, starts, their jump shots stop falling. I think they could implode. I think their youth could work against them. And I've seen moments of it. I've seen moments of it. This is this is something that doesn't you don't see on the Lakers, but with with the Thunder, you see moments. If if things don't go right, they get frustrated. They start to get really heated, especially Westbrook. Westbrook is a hothead. Okay, see, they haven't really dealt with any adversity yet. They haven't lost a game in the playoffs. Not even lost a game, much less been pushed around or challenged I mean I I they're not used to it. I don't I I'm I'm really interested to know how they would deal with something like that. We know how the Lakers deal with it. Okay, cuz it's happened to us. We've been blown out more than once in this playoff series. We've lost games. We've been pushed to the edge. We've been played against elimination. And so far, you know, we've been able to respond. But the Thunder hasn't had any real adversity, so I'm real interested to see how they would react as a team if they got some real adversity shoved in their face. I'm I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant Kevin Durant isn't isn't going to be affected. I don't think we can kind of get in his head like that because he's a he's a pretty pro guy, um, and he's he's pretty focused. I don't, but but Westbrook. That's that's the key right there. If we can get that guy frustrated, things could start to uh, unravel in a hurry. I mean, the Lakers have an advantage that they they have definitely. They still show the teachings of Phil Jackson. I see in the way that they play. It's it's all in there in there and it's like built in their DNA right now. They they play the game the right way, okay. Meaning they don't they don't like have dirty not dirty tactics but they you know they don't play dirty as as part of their game 
You know, it's it's there's a reason that the Lakers led the league this year in opponent free throws. You know, because we don't we don't take stupid fouls. I mean, you know, Meta World Peace notwithstanding. <laughs> like that one move in game one where he took out uh who did he take out? I forget the white boy and what's his head? But it was like a wrestling move. It was pretty funny. Uh, but but barring that, barring his uh, his antics, the the team does really well in not 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 taking stupid fouls. So if we up the physicality even another level than what we did in game two, I don't think it's going to result in more fouls where it would or it might with another team. So I think that's a good thing. That's an advantage that we have. That's an advantage that we need to take advantage of. <laughs> That was kind of silly. Um, Ramon Sessions. Sorry, Ramon. Ramon. What's going on with the Ramon Sessions? You know, what's 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 happening there? There's a lot of frustration, a lot of talk about what happened. He was so hot when he first came over, and then he seemed to be getting worse and worse, and now he's almost uh, a detriment to the team. The, the thing with, with Ramon, I think it's 100%, it's all confidence. Even more so than with uh, Steve Blake and Matt Barnes, because I think those guys those guys have confidence. Um, but with with Ramon, I think it's definitely a confidence thing, because when he when he was traded, a lot of hype, there was a lot of love, you know. Oh, we we need you so much, and oh, we're so glad to have you, and oh, and you're great, and and that that feeds your self confidence a lot when you get that. You know, but now things have kind of settled in, and now okay, there's there the new factor is over, and now he's just one of the guys, and he's still expected to step up. But now he's in his very first playoff series, you know, and the stakes are huge, huge stakes. Now he's going, he's with the Lakers, not just in the playoffs, but he's on a team that wants to win a championship. There's a lot of pressure there, you know, and if you're if you're not used to dealing with that. You know, it, it's it can be a difficult thing to deal with. You know, he came from Cleveland. You know, there was no championship aspirations there, so I think there's there's a lot of pressure. And he, you know, he was dealing with a shoulder injury also. But I think I think that's the thing with with him. If he if he can just get going a little bit and just believe in himself, maybe a little encouragement would go a long way. Somebody, Mike Brown, Kobe. Um, I think that's the only thing with him because I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player, and he has a lot of good um, things that would help us. His speed, obviously, is a good thing. He should be guarding Derek whenever Derek Fisher comes in the game. We need to just pop Ramon on him and let him shut Derek Fisher down. I mean, not that Derek is like a huge part of the offense, but I'm I'm just I'm just waiting for that moment when we're going to be in a really close game. And Derek's gonna step up to an open look and just drain it. And, oh, it's heartbreak, like waiting to happen. I, the only way it's not gonna happen, you stick Ramon on Derek, and then I don't. I think I think you can shut him down completely. I mean, I know it, it's, it doesn't it doesn't fit exactly right because Ramon is starting. Obviously, Derek's coming off the bench, but you know the way the rotations are are going in and out, the way that Mike Brown is using them, I think I think there's a way to to get that done. So. Just my uh, two cents about Ramon Sessions. Now, let's talk about the end of the game real quick. Um, you know, what what happened? What are, what? are Who do we blame? 
you know, it, it's it's no one person. It's not Steve Blake's fault. I mean, he he was completely open. Meta, uh, Ron Artest knew we didn't have a timeout. He couldn't call timeout to get the ball in. He had to get the ball in right then. Kobe was not open. Kobe was having trouble fighting through people and getting position. Westbrook checked out mentally just for a second and kind of cheated inside. Steve Blake came back to the free. He was wide open. So I think it was a good pass. I think it was a good shot. It was the best shot that we had. He just missed it, you know? It is It is what it is. There's plenty of games where Kobe has taken the last shot of the game and it would have won and he missed the shot and we lost the game. So it happens. I got I got no problem with Steve Blake shooting that shot. He's he's made it a hundred times and he'll probably make it in a hundred times, but pressure's a, a big thing. Sometimes you just miss the shot. So the problem that I have is everything that happened before that, especially the turnovers. The two turnovers, I think, involving uh Kobe Bean Bryant. He he needs to like I said in, earlier in the earlier in this podcast, he needs to set the example with his mental fortitude, which he was not showing mental fortitude in the last two minutes of the game. Okay, two tur- two turnovers. I mean, the the turnover when he just basically passed it to Kevin Durant on the inbound pass that was ridiculous. That was just it was careless. It was completely careless. With defensive breakdowns because of that, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're up. And then we can't get get the ball in, and then Kobe's going to dribble around for ten seconds, and and until they give their foul that they have to get, it, it was just ugh, bad all the way. So I think there's there's nobody on the team really that we can put more blame other than Kobe, even though it wasn't all Kobe, but enough with it, enough of it was Kobe, and he's the leader of the team. That's where the blame should go, I think. So he needs to step up, you know, and I think he knows that. I think he knows that, and I think he will. But that's uh, that's what it is. It's mental break. I mean, it's it's these games are are hard. I mean, obviously, physically, incredibly demanding. I mean, these guys are professional athletes, yes. But it's also mentally taxing. It's so mentally taxing going through these these games and being so involved mentally through the whole game that it's 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 hard to be in it every single minute. And when you get to the end, sometimes. You know, it's difficult to maintain that. But, you know, hey, that's your job. That's what you got to do. I think maybe that's why Andrew never seems to be so in, into it. He never gets upset. He never gets angry, except when he, he gets a foul called on him. But in terms of what the team is doing, he never gets angry. He's always going, oh, yeah, whatever. Hey, we lost the game. Huh? We gave it away. Ha, 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 ha. Maybe it's mental fortitude. Maybe he doesn't have the mental fortitude to really lock down mentally and uh, and lock in. I don't know. Just spitballing here. On that one. So, okay, so what happens now? Are we screwed? Are, are we done? Is there any way that we can win the next four out of five games? Um, yeah, sure. But the first thing we have to do is win game three, which we're coming home. We've already found our winning combination of defense. The offense definitely could be better than it was in game two. The defense is pretty good. If we improve the offense and maintain the defense, get a little bit more physical, I think we can totally win this game. And then we just keep riding that emotion and riding that rhythm, come right back the next day and do it again. We could even this series completely. And then then, then we can have a completely different conversation. But that's that's got to happen first. And I think it can happen. 
You know, in 2004, we had a series against the Spurs, and we lost the first two games, just like this. And we lost both games that time by double digits. Not just one game by double digits, and then the second game by one. We lost both games in du- by double digits, and we won that series in six. So, yeah, it's possible. It's very possible, but you got to bring it. You got to bring it like we did last game, but keep it through the entire game, all the way through. I mean, that's that's an advantage I think that the Oklahoma City does have is they're training. They're trained well. They have a good coach, and they're trained to just play hard all the time, no matter what, no matter what the score is. I believe that's the way the game should be played, but for whatever reason, that's not the way that the Lakers have played for years. They kind of go ebb and flow with the with the flow of the game. If we're up, cool. Now we relax a little bit. Oh, what happened to the lead? Oh, we lost it. We're playing a really good team. Let's really step it up and play really good. Oh, we're playing a not good team. Ah, let's just kind of play a little bit. Oh, wow, we lost to that not good team. How did that happen? That kind of thing. And it's it's bugged me for years. It's not a that's not a Mike Brown issue. Um. It's it's something that's in the DNA of the team and has been for a long time. And I was that's w- one of the things I was super excited about when we hired Mike Brown is that wow maybe now the lazy the laziness and the complacency and and the elitist attitude will be gone also. But unfortunately, it hasn't really worked out that way. It's better, but it's still not where it needs to be. They need to play hard all the time, and they would be unbeatable. But there you go. Can we win the next two games? You bet your ass we can win the next two games. Um, I think we can. I think we will. And until we don't, that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm shooting for, and that's what I'm planning on. So, support the team. Don't give up, everybody. We're still in this. Until we're dead, we're still alive. So, let's keep keep supporting. Keep the faith. Keep the hope. Keep the confidence. The team is confident. Going into the game, I think they know what they have to do, and they know that they can do it. So let's believe. Let's believe in the team, and let's believe in the underdog, because ultimately, even though Drago was the ultimate killing machine, he got beat. So there you go. If Rocking can do it, <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for listening again. Hit me up. Um, find us on Twitter, Ask Laker Lance. Find us on Facebook. Find the podcast on iTunes. Keep listening. Keep the feedback going. And keep the faith, Laker Land. Keep the faith. Uh, I'll see you next time. Bye.